0: Stupid! He comes across
1: in front of me every single
0: time he
2: overtakes. Where did he want me to go off the track? No! Still talking to me in the drinking zone. Who needs a poorly produced TBS selection show to give you all the March Madness you need on Sunday when you can watch IndyCar? Welcome back to Motorsport 101.
3: you are the world champion hi um
2: my name is rj o'connell and welcome to the motorsport 101 podcast you may notice that andre harrison is not here with his dulcet tones to introduce you to episode 126 where we're interview where we're going to introduce to you and review the indycar grand prix of saint petersburg um thanks william hill but we still have um, we still have Brian King. Say hello, Brian, from wonderful the Bronx, New York City. Yes. New, New, York. New York City, home to every single college basketball conference tournament under the sun. Coming soon, the SEC basketball tournament to Madison Square Garden. I guess this makes sense. I mean, Brooklyn is the capital of barbecue now. <laughs> um, and it is a fact that, um, it's a fact that um, King one of your favorite drivers if not your favorite driver is uh, Sebastian Bourdais yes yes and uh, who does Sebastian Bourdais drive for in the IndyCar series he drives for Dale Coyne Racing right so what does Dale Coyne do when you can't find one stable solution at the other car well you just split it among three super subs from Glasgow Scotland Zoe Hamilton
0: Yeah, and I'm kind of distracted by a very noisy pup.
2: (laughs) Yes, and from Dublin, Ireland, Danny Brennan.
3: Dublin, Ireland. <laughs> oh, RJ! Oh, RJ! Oh, so oh I know I'm a gas. Just guess.
2: figured out how to pronounce Glasgow correctly without
4: coming at me with a knife and then this happens. Then you say that Brennan's from the wrong place.
3: The, like that's not that—that is legitimately offensive. Okay, that's fine. That's okay. We're gonna—we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. I—I know. Everything. I've ruined everything. I ruined everything. I thought language. I was gonna ruin this. They let me back on again. I don't know why they let me back on again. But at least I didn't set it on fire this time.
2: That's that's true. We, we're already setting the building on fire. And, hey, um, we're also granted by someone who is one degree of separation removed from being an IndyCar driver this weekend. From Montreal, Canada, Charles Regenbold.
1: Uh, Regenbold. Uh, no D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> But someone who does have a D in their name is Zachary Clayman DeMello, who finished 17th on his debut for Dale Coyne.
2: That would be Zachary de Mello. Floyd's
1: favorite
4: driver. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, we are all excited about the shoe magnet. The man with, the, with all the tattoos. And all the privilege in the world. Um dre will likely be recording an episode of the dre brief at some point you can check that out on youtube.com forward slash motorsport 101 follow us on facebook facebook.com forward slash motorsport 101 we are on twitter at motorsport underscore 101 our personal handers are at harrison 181 hd at rj o'connell at ryan eric king at we zoe at c reginball racing and i danny what's yours
3: at Brennan 72 Don't ask about the numbers. I'm just a strange person.
2: That's fine. And of course, for those of you who want to support the show financially, you can back us on patreon.com forward slash motorsport101, where just $5 a month gives you early access to Motorsport101 and Bike Live on the Motorsport101 network. um Which is, it's a good time. It's a good investment. Trust me on this one. Right! IndyCar happened! Boy did it happen this past weekend! Let's talk about that, shall we? On the day where everybody in St. Petersburg, Clearwater, and parts of Tampa learned about the man, the myth, the legend, who nearly won his first career race, Robert Wickens. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Nearly. Nearly. (laughs) That's all I can (laughs) say. Oh, goodness. So... The Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, the first race of the season, it threw up a lot of surprises, starting with qualifying, which was under threat of rain, which came down just about at the time where they were about to set the fast sits. So we saw a lot of good cars going home without a chance to uh, to even qualify for the fast sits, including defending series champion Joseph Newgarden, who didn't even get out of the first
1: phase. So much for defending the one, huh? Oh, please don't remind me. Um, he was
3: defending the 13 on Sunday.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, but we had a we had a very interesting facet in which we had three rookies in the top sits: Robert Wickens, Woo-hoo! Mateus lace and Jordan King, all in with a chance. Um, and surprise, surprise, on a last-minute lap dash for the finish. Robert Wickens took pole by nearly half a second over Will Power, becoming only the third driver in modern IndyCar history to start their very first race from pole. King, who were the other two? The other
4: two were race winner Sebastian Bourdais and Nigel Mansell.
2: What did did Nigel Mansell go on to do? Oh,
1: you know, he just um, won the uh, IndyCar series on his first try and then never appeared in the series again.
4: <laughs> Are you implying something about Robert Wickens' season? Hmm. Am I? Yeah, that, he, that he just wins it all and is like, hey, um, I don't know where you would run off to, but run off
1: to someplace. He does have <laughs> unfinished business in DTM.
4: And DTM has a lot of unfinished business that's gonna become finished
2: later on this year (laughs) yeah hey zoe so i've got this great idea where Mm -hmm. where an indycar team signs up some dude for mercedes dtm program um didn't they try this like 20 years ago
0: yeah i mean the only thing really missing is that the f1 the, the attempt of an f1 testing contract which is really just the worst
2: pile of shit ever
3: Oh, whoa, oh, oh. whoa, whoa. Robert Wickens was like a Mercedes young driver. Yeah,
4: he was. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. He was and American he F- was
2: a Manor Mauritia test reserve. Robert Wickens, official member of the Manor Mauritia Road to Indy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but he, he wasn't about to be expected to, like, every time you're not in, in this series, we want you at the track testing our F1 car. Uh,
1: Speaking yes. of the Manor Mauritia Road to Indy, who else was in the Fast 6? Um...
2: Well, not Alexander Rossi, because he was punted out of it at the at the very end for uh, qualifying interference. I believe Graham Rahal also suffered the same fate.
3: Uh, Rahal spawned, um, uh, in group two, so he got his two fast slaps deleted.
2: Ah, yes, okay.
0: And yes. Marco apparently impeded oh, Spencer yeah. Pickett, oh. and he got right. punted out after... Making it through Group Two, he got punted out.
2: Okay. So Basically, it wasn't
0: a good time to be an Andretti driver.
2: <laughs> we have three rookies starting inside the top four. Which um, the early portions of this race, they were um, they were eventful. Let's just say we had a spin on the we had a spin on the opening lap of the race as Will Power was trying to challenge Robert Wickens for the lead. Because Death Tats' his willpower does well at straight courses, except when he spins, and then suddenly gives himself about 30 degrees more rear wing than he had anticipated.
3: And they also ruined my fantasy picks. <laughs> 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 Son of a bitch!
4: Mine as well. Mine as well.
3: About and um, to, uh, there's, there's an incident head. later in the race that also destroyed my fantasy standing um, after this race, but we'll, we'll come to that
2: right so this uh today is going to be all about um malaise over our fantasy picks (laughs) um take it from the guy who had will tower anchoring the team okay Hmm. how else did things get silly um this was not a good first day on the main indycar circuit for trevor carlin it started very bad when charlie kimball brought out the first of four full course yellows he would eventually go on to continue the race but several laps down ryan hunter ray also had an eventful start when he had to pit as the cars were coming up to take the green flag this was due to an ecu issue and things did not get much better for poor old Mateus laced who paced his very first session, and everybody was very excited about the dynasty that is A.J. Floyd Enterprises because we know what a stable organization that team is.
3: Um, Can I just um intervene here? Just uh, two yes. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I went to <laughs> laugh for about a day. That was the funniest thing i have ever seen in my entire life they actually turned the ship around and they were still shit oh Uh, retribution retribution for um mr connor daly who is now in but not in the way we'd all like to see him
2: but he is andy carr's most popular driver um this would also happen to be the first race for the new universal aero kit Um, Can we give it up for 366 on-track passes today to break the record of 323 set in 2008? Can we give it up for the fact that this race alone almost had as many on-track overtakes as a DRS-assisted Formula One season in 2017? Though there are a couple things you have to point out where uh, the way Uh. that Formula One counts overtakes
4: is different, much, much different than the way IndyCar
2: does. I mean that's fair. I mean that's fair. It's like it's like World of Outlaws victories. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh yes. Where did we have? Uh, where did we have? We had a lot of calamity. Our second caution of the day came when uh, Graham Rahal and Spencer Piggott came to drama on lap seven. And we're starting. And to this see
3: a- was when <laughs> the second of my picks was taken out. There's more pain to come.
0: Nah, Graham Brayhall was playing a very shrewd strategy. Caused issues at the start. You're not right at the back. You can't get penalized. Only way to go is up from there. That was clearly his strategy.
2: (laughs) Right. This, uh, (laughs) this race, we were worried that this was gonna be, uh, this was gonna be a time limit race. It did end up going the full distance. Um... And during, during this, uh, during this, Sebastian Bourdais had cut a tire early on, so they decided to, uh, to, uh, to change up the strategy a bit. Typical Dale Coin strategery. That, that race-winning
4: strategy.
2: <laughs> we fast-forward a few laps, and by this point, it's looking like Robert Wickens has this race mostly under control, but Alexander Rossi had made a pretty good start from 12th place. He, by the end of the first lap, he was up in the sixth place. And by about the, cor- the third the third play mark of the race, he was really, really bearing in on Robert Wickens. If he could find an opportunity to get past, he could surely challenge for the lead. Then we get our third costume, Mateus Laced <laughs> Benzit. I'm laughing so again, sorry. He'd been running so well all weekend. Bless his heart.
0: Uh, Should I mention that when the BT um, ESPN commentators came out, well, it wasn't quite first to least.
2: Yes,
4: yes. (laughs) Because I I, I had to watch the BT coverage of the race, and I was like, what? Did they literally just make that joke? First to least? (laughs) Yes. Okay.
0: It may end up being Uh, a long season, depending on how he does this year.
4: Nah, no, he, he's going to be here for the full duration, I believe.
0: uh but have his results go, and that pun. It may be <laughs> a long <laughs> season.
2: Uh, <laughs> golly. Ooh, it going. was it was also not a good day for friend of the show, Jack Hardby, whose race ended after 38 laps after he went off course uh, and brought out the uh, the fifth caution of the day. In between there, a very amusing moment happened. Um, so right around lap 34, Scott Dixon and Takuma Sato are racing through traffic, and Eddie Cheever, um, who I believe is celebrating his uh, seventh or eighth season of doing color commentary while mostly asleep, <laughs> Eddie Cheever comes up with a line that goes um, to the effect of, yeah. What I like about Ditson is that he always knows when to stop. When he feels like he's going to lose control of the car under braking, he just pulls the nose out and keeps on driving. Cue the very next lap when Graham Ray went to Scott Ditson plows into the back of Takuma Sato under braking, giving him a penalty of being sent to the back of the line for avoidable contact.
3: And may I just say, this was when my third and fourth... Pecs were taken out. A uh, really good day for me.
2: It, it wouldn't end all bad for, bad for Scott Nitson, but it did set him back quite a bit. Also, yeah, my, eventually Michael Jordan will will miss a buzzer-beating shot. Um, So, too, will Scott Nitson have a really strange and avoidable
3: contact penalty. Whoops. Yeah. Though, he wasn't even after... trying to pass Sato. <laughs> he was trying to pass henscliffe That's how badly he did Oh
2: god. It, it, yeah, it was it was pretty messed up, but after these uh after this melee of early cautions, we had a very clean race afterwards. Um Robert Wickens was running very well. He was making very very decisive passes like one around Sebastian Bourdais, um within like the first third of the race that I think really solidified his place. Um like, oh my goodness, this kid is for real. He could he could actually do this thing. Alexander Rossi was keeping in touch. And Sebastian Bourdais was making the strategy work. Though with the way that Wickens and Rossi were driving so far ahead of the rest of the pack, it was going to take kind of a miracle for him to catch up. Can I also just say, by the way, that Elio Castroneves did a very good job not only delivering the Starter's Command, but being the only person in the commentary booth apart from Alan Bestwick who was not already beaten down by life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
3: he still has a soul.
2: (laughs) As I pointed out on Twitter, Alan Bestwick um, is overdue back surgery from having to carry Scott Goodyear and Eddie Cheever on his shoulders for five straight years. (sighs)
4: Oh, it's just oh. I mean, for Alan. considering all the recent drivers who you know don't have a ride or have retired, I'm surprised that you know Goodyear and Cheever haven't been like replaced yet.
0: Uh, I mean, they're safe from Dario because Dario has already said he wouldn't commentate on IndyCar because he he likes his wee thing with Ganassi. And to yeah, they pay him just to sit him
3: out. It's a pretty good gig. Yeah, it's a
4: pretty good gig. Yeah. <laughs> gig pay yeah. him to sit
0: around. Sit around and give a, like, a sort of thumbs up to Dixon and pats on the head to Eddie, Ed Jones. So...
1: <laughs> and occasionally get your headset on fire. Oh, God. Uh, speaking of the man who is with him at the time, uh, Max Chilton put in a decent showing for Carlin... Uh, early on in the race. However, unfortunately, he uh, faded a bit towards the end, and with Charlie Kimball going out, it didn't look good for Carlin, but Max Chilton was able to keep his nose clean, and he was able to get to the end of the race uh, trouble-free, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. But before we mention... Before we mention how well Charlie fulfilled his Twitter obligations, I do have to say how Bor- how, how it, RJ said it, took, it would take a miracle for Bourdais to catch up with the leading two.
2: Well, Chilton was quite miraculous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think we need to set the scene here. Um, we're in the final ten laps of this race, and Alexander Rossi is still trying to catch up to Robert Wickens. He's had some opportunities to get past, but I believe, I I want to say it was with five laps to go, he tries a pass on Wickens, gets really, really out of shape, and loses about two seconds um, off of the back of Wiccans.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, ah. So we have... Think Eduardo Motora at Hong Kong. Right, yeah. So, so, within, so
2: on lap 102... Renee Bender, who did such an amazing job of being so spectacularly mediocre all weekend, Renee Bender um, steps in the wall and turns ten. Bring out a Thank caution. you for not
3: saying that, Paul. Thank you for not using that. <laughs> I appreciate it, RJ.
2: <laughs> but but that's that's okay. I was I was gonna tweet it out at the time it had happened, but much like Renee Bender, I just simply was not quick enough compared to my peers. <laughs> that brings out a caution for four more laps and puts the restart back into robert wickens's hands he had a huge advantage by this point and it had all just evaporated he gets a good restart and then two laps later as manor marussia road to indy alumni robert wickens is holding off manor marussia alumni alexander rossi uh manor marussia alumni matt chilton stalls it in turn eight they have a quickie yellow, so the race comes down to a two lap dash with the cash, effectively creating a green white checker situation. All Robert Wickens has to do is nail the restart, and he's still golden to become the first driver since. do uh, Graham I Ray guess Hall. We can count. No, because Graham Ray Hall had, had a season under his belt by then, oh. and that wasn't even the first race of the season. Um, I believe it's uh, back...
3: Monsieur Sebastian Bourdais you're talking about. No,
2: because he didn't even win his first race. Yeah, you would have to go back to Buzz Calkins in the inaugural <laughs> Indy Racing League event in 1996. <laughs> he still counts as a true rookie because he was stepping up for an Indy Lights that year. And if you don't wish to count Buzz Calkins in 96 <laughs> in Orlando, then you can. Co- you have to go back to Nigel Mansell at 93 in Surfers Paradise. Then before him, Graham, Ray Hall, Graham Hill in the 1966 Indianapolis 500 <laughs> to find the last time a driver ever won their very first Indy car race. Well,
3: who Elliot... could ever forget Boz Calkins? I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, he, he was the man, you know? To find the generation doesn't. of racing.
2: He is the only man so generous enough to share his inaugural series title <laughs> with another gentleman. <laughs> um, yeah. We get the restart with two to go. Robert Wickens does not get as good of a jump. Alexander Rossi gets a great jump. Robert Wickens leaves. Alexander Rossi had a two-car length space. Two-car width space, I I guess. yeah, It was was a lot.
4: Yeah, it was a lot. It was like probably a car and a half's width of space on the inside to, you know, try to slide it in through.
2: And... Alexander Rossi finds the same spot in the paint where Graham Rahal and Scott Ditson before him had lost their shit under breaking. Skids into Robert Wickens. Wickens will go into the wall. Alexander Rossi will give up the lead. Who's that coming out of nowhere to win the race? Sebastian Bourdais, number one in Tampa for the second year in a row. Yeah somewhere (laughs)
4: somewhere whoever (laughs) like put together that seal master deal was like i knew
2: poor was gonna pull it together (laughs) and again if you had told me 10 years ago that out of reunification dale coin racing is going to be the last team standing well, if you also count the fact that Jimmy Vazor was still a part-time team owner, but he and he's part-time investor in that side of the garage, but who cares? Uh, if you told me that they would still be the last team standing in the era of Newman-Haas and Forsyth and all the others, um, you're lying to yourself.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Y'all, Sebastian Bourdais did it again. He made that strategy work. Took four pit stops and played it to perfection, leading thirty laps and winning the
3: race. I mean, well, it was. We knew it was. Um, it was a, as a result of that incident between um Rickins and Paul Tracy. No, 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 Alexander Rossi. Alex Rossi wasn't confused. <laughs> these two things. Um, but yeah, if there was anyone to win this race, oh my god, I'm so happy it was Sebastian Bourdais. The comeback we can now say is complete. Man, that was so great to see. No,
0: just. It's not complete yet. If you remember how they went with Hinch, we're going to bench that. Several it's not
2: things. yes. It's not complete until we exploit the career-threatening incident that happened the year before. Which, by the way, Zoe, that should have been uh, at least down your whole beverage on the IndyCar drinking game.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I forgot about that. Then again, I wasn't expecting so many puns to have arrived this season either. <laughs> But that- just that just makes the room. need for the drinks more. Just our rookie class alone, we are chock full of puns. Yes. But the- the drinking game will be getting updated as the season progresses, so...
2: That's right. Um... The last lapse incident had people feeling some kind of way. I want to go around the room and ask how you feel about this. Now I, I'm not sure if I want to. Cons- I'm not sure, uh, Charlie. I'll come back to you in a second because I see your Discord handle of hashtag Justice 4 Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> so, totally so, so I'm sensing I. Already I'm twinning with the you. This.
4: Mm. <laughs> uh, any any volunteers?
3: <laughs> I'll I'll go. I'll happily go first. That was the stupidest thing alexander rossi could have done because wickens it wasn't the fact that he just forced it in there and wickens had blocked him wickens gave him so much room and rossi lost it and um i'm even more annoyed about the fact he got to keep the podium afterwards like he wasn't penalized for um for binning wickens wickens ended up way down the, the order and rossi still got third which i thought was absolutely ridiculous yeah, if you recall,
2: Scott Ditson did get a, an avoidable contact penalty to restart the back of the field and then a subsequent drive-through penalty for pit speed violation. Scott Ditson, just just too raw and inexperienced and too wild for this level <laughs> of racing, quite honestly. Yeah, he's just inexperienced. I don't know what Scott's
4: doing out there. But yeah, yeah well, um, just, just as a I, little I... interjection, I'm going to read how avoidable contact is defined in the IndyCar rulebook. So, rule three point, well, rule nine point three point three, avoidable contact. The primary's responsibility for avoiding contact with a competitor resides in the overtaking competitor, and the secondary responsibility resides with the competitor who is being overtaken. A competitor who fails to demonstrate the, their responsibility and initiates a maneuver that results in in contact with another competitor, may be penalized.
2: May, but as we're... may yet? As we're prone to find out, um, as Daytona taught us, as past situations and under, other IndyCar events have taught us, the rules are written down, um, that's how they're defined, sometimes they're not always interpreted as such.
3: Hmm. Which I don't quite get, because if anything, um... They need to be <laughs> the one place they need to be enforced is when it's um, happening for an elite of a race.
2: Yeah, especially in the last few minutes. I, I kind of get the situation that it feels like okay, if you're this is one that me and Charlie and Ryan will get. Um, it's like at the end of a hockey game that's very, very close, and all of a sudden the refs just decide we're not calling anything these cross checks these hooks and these holds yeah just play on we're not affecting the outcome of this race yeah i don't think it was a deliberate hit obviously um but i do feel that it could have been very much avoidable um but at the same time you know i i I think they would have penalized him had he gone on to win the race but ultimately having lost the win of the race um was enough damage done for rossi in my opinion and it's,
4: it's kind of that situation where they felt like penalizing Rossi would have been, like, kind of in their way also affecting the outcome of the race.
0: Floyd is voicing his disagreement with us.
2: <laughs> Should we also not forget that Graham Rahal may have dodged an avoidable contact penalty of his own and finished just the place ahead of him in second?
0: Yes. He, he really did lock out the fact that he was at the back of the grid.
2: Can we just talk about the fact that none of the top three finishers in this race made it? It started in the top ten yeah. on a street course where you need to start up the front, traditionally. But uh, that really shouldn't take away from the drive that Robert Wickens had. He led, he led a very nice 69 laps. He started on pole. Um, if, if those, uh, late cautions had to happened, I think he drives away and wins that race and a cantor, uh, makes history yeah. as the first, as a first time race winner. In yeah, I, I'm
4: willing I to mean, argue if, if that, if that first corner, like incident didn't take place, he would have won the race because you could have tell, you could have told in the laps leading up to that restart that Rossi's tires were pretty much gone. He
2: was sliding through every corner.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Robert
2: Wickens, apart from that, drove a flawless race. And, again, this was the first time he had driven a single-seater competitively since 2011.
0: Yeah. Only a few years.
3: Just remember, (laughs) uh, the last time he did drive that single-seater, who did he beat to a championship, I wonder? Hmm.
2: Would that be one Alexander Rossi, who finished two spots behind him in the order in third? And what happened to the guy in second place?
4: Yeah,
3: uh, I'm just looking here. Daniel Ricciardo, never heard of him. <laughs>
2: yeah, Ricciardo,
0: no. Nope.
2: John Eric Vern as well, never heard of him. Oh my goodness, that was it was a lot of fun for all the uh, for all the teeth gnashing. Folks, let's talk about how Team Penske is in all sorts of trouble. The <laughs> dynasty is over. Joseph Newgarden finished 2nd, Will Seventh will power finished 10th, and Simon Pagano finished 13th. That was not a very Penske-rific day. Yeah. It, it was not I, a Penske day. The the bow tie was not strong. No, the bow tie was very bad. They only got two of their cars in the top 10. Remember when we all thought that Chevy was just gonna do laps around Honda for the course of a full season? Oh, buddy! All of a sudden, the universal Aero kit has kind of leveled the playing
1: field. You say that, but of course, uh, a what if I'm thinking of is if Willpower doesn't spin on the first lap, perhaps he could have challenged uh, for the win and could have been yes, right up that's- there.
2: That's very, very that's, true. Will, yeah, that's, will Power that's true. is always good at these like. It, it seems to
4: just be circumstance for this weekend. I have a, I have a strong feeling that Team Iceland will rise again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's future GRC champions, Team Penske, mind you. <laughs> um, all in all, great day for Schmidt-Peterson Motorsport. Robert Wickens made a ton of fans over the past weekend. Even as some associate press journalists try to throw shade and suggest that nobody would have ever heard of who Robert Wickens was. Again, he never even got a pre-race interview in what I guess constituted as ABC's pre-race show. All three minutes of it.
4: All three minutes of it. Didn't get a pre-race <laughs> interview. Uh, he, Like, who did get a pre-race interview?
2: Hmm. I, I would not happen to know that.
3: i genuinely don't uh, know oh, yeah. <laughs> i don't
4: know either because bt sport i didn't get to see the the pre-race
3: All oh, all three minutes of, oh, it. Three good, minutes god. of it. good god like, in heaven. i
4: assume i assume if the poll if the poll winner didn't get interviewed then like nobody
2: got interviewed <laughs> yeah. no it was a very rushed together podcast the much like the broadcast team themselves who again were let go from their contracts about this time nine months ago. Like, did, did ABC just forget that,
4: oh we have to broadcast IndyCar for at least one more year?
2: Yeah. Not even one more year just a couple more weekends. Yeah, just a couple more
3: weekends. And they f- they fired how many people in their, um, their racing department? Like basically everybody.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much everybody. They got rid of Dr. Jerry. They fired no, Dr. not Dr. Jerry. Jerry. Been, Dr. Jerry Punch has been there since before there even was an ESPN. Yeah. That may be slight exaggeration. But he w- he was there before there was an indie Racing League. <laughs> yes, but my, my point the point remains that Robert Wickens did phenomenal. He gained a lot of fans. He gained a lot of people's respect. Hell, I wasn't even sure where to place him because... Yeah, you take a driver who's been out of single-seater racing that long and who had enjoyed some success in DTM. He won a race pretty much every year he competed, but never got
1: to compete for a championship. Uh, What Um, you're saying, a driver who last raced a single-seater in 2011 and has hmm. been racing in another series for six years and comes back to... Uh, Single seater racing in two thousand eighteen, and just does that, and practically dominates the whole race. I wonder if we're gonna see something similar to that in May.
4: No, no, no! Don't you even, <laughs> imply, oh, that. Don't God, even no. imply that.
1: Don't even
4: imply
1: that. That would be a certain Mustanica Patrick,
3: number thirteen. Like insert your very funny unlucky jokes the here. The, we've the
0: world of the Indy five hundred, because without her, the world will
4: like, on the broadcast, they just implied that he was in German touring cars, and it was just like any other touring cars <laughs> series. Like
3: They were so hesitant to mention any other series. Like, when they're talking to Helio as well in the, the commentary with this, this, they keep saying, like, sports cars or Sebring. Yeah. Like, saying the word EMSA is just going to cause the end of the world. Like, okay, yep. you're not even going to get the, the TV contract for next year. You fired most of your employees. <laughs> Why do you care about this so much?
4: Got got us It's the standard broadcast playbook. You don't advertise your competition.
2: Yeah, especially when the competi- especially when you have Pirelli World Fit Challenge on the support bracket. <laughs> Which, by the way, whoo, buddy. Oh, oh, buddy, Alvaro Parent, you escaped a big one down at turn ten. Oh boy. Um. Honestly, though, I, it goes back to a point that I was trying to make, like about this time last year when Bourdain won this event. Um, At some point, we're going to appreciate how good Sebastian Bourdais really is as a four-time back-to-back-to-back-to-back champion with over 30 professional top-level wins before and after unification, a Lamar-class winner, a two-time overall winner of the Daytona 500, and he doesn't even turn 40 until next year, and he's still got plenty left in the tank, and he's doing this all with the team with the smallest budget in all of IndyCar, God, like I, I, I know how slightly
4: unlikely it is, but man, a fifth title would be so sweet.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness, it would be, it would be outstanding. Um, why don't we break down the uh, the running order of this Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg? Won, of course, by Sebastian Bourdais, who led 30 laps on route to victory and 110 laps. Average race speed, 86.207 miles per hour. 11 lead changes, 25 laps under caution. Time of the race, 2 hours, 17 minutes, 48.4954 seconds. Graham Rahal finishes second ahead of Alexander Rossi. Um, Take that for what you will. Um, James (laughs) Hinchcliffe, who who quietly had a very good day despite being overshadowed much of the day by his teammate, comes in fourth in his first race working with Lena Gade. Ryan hunter Ray came back from the first lap drama to finish fifth Um, in case you were wondering many people were wondering if Ryan hunter Ray was starting to lose the status of the alpha dog of Andre Autosport I think he might have something to say about that ahead of Scott Ditson in sixth who again recovered from his two penalties to to put in a solid result Joseph Newgarden again was the best of the Penske's in seventh and he was nowhere for much of the day ahead of Ed Jones, who quietly picked up a top-ten finish in his very first day with Chip Ganassi Racing. Marco Andretti had a pretty solid day of his own, Yay! finishing in ninth place. <laughs> and Will Power, despite, um, despite his uh, sudden ultra-high downforce setup with a damaged rear wing, finishes in tenth, ahead of Tony Kanan, who himself spun in the opening lap and recovered to finish eleventh. Takuma Sato in twelfth after his incident um, finishes twelfth, Simon Paginot in 13th, Gabby Chavez in 14th, was running solidly in the top 10 for most of the day for a team that had never driven a street race race. I feel like 14th doesn't do him all the justice that he should because he had, quietly, a pretty good day on the track. That rounds out all of your lead lap finishers. Spencer Piggott in 15th, Zach Veach in 16th, Zachary clayman Bell in 17th, all finishing one lap down. Robert Wickens, of course, two laps down at 18th. But that result won't tell the whole story, not by a long shot. Matt Schilton in 19th, two laps down, ahead of Charlie Kimball in 23 laps down. Jordan King was very impressive early in the race, but he, too, finished three laps down after trouble sometime during the race. Rene Bender was 10 laps down, uh, dropping out of the race due to contact. He was 22nd, Jack Harvey 23rd, and Matthias Laced classified in 24th, completing <laughs> only 16 laps. Your next race is in, uh, I want to say it's three weeks, four weeks' time? Yep, April 7th. At at a track in Avondale, Arizona, based in the Phoenix metropolitan area. Yeah, I'm just going to say the
4: Raceway at Phoenix.
1: <laughs> yes, Jeff Gordon Raceway. Um, I think after this weekend, it's Kevin Harvick Raceway.
2: Oh, yes, you're right. Here's your NASCAR update. Kevin Harvick is on F- En Fuego with or without being caught cheating by NASCAR on Reddit. NASCAR, NASCAR's most sophisticated technical support team. Ah, goodness. Well, after a quick musical interlude, we'll talk a bit about some testing, which just wrapped up. Because we, we finally need to get this show on the road, folks. Please, someone, anyone, please. Survived. We've survived eight days of testing. You can turn down the uh, the Freddie Mercury and Montserrat duets. We are no longer in Barcelona. Um, yeah. So testing was definitely a thing. We had eight days, and if you are a fan of Mercedes AMG Petronas F1 team, how many Mercedes fans we got here? Say hey, hey.
1: Say hey, Chris. I know you're listening.
2: <laughs> All right. Okay. So Mercedes. Well, they're in very good shape. They did more laps than any other team. Uh, they didn't have the eye-popping um, ultra-fast lap times. The fastest lap of the test was still Sebastian Vettel's 117.182. Um, but the pretty much the consensus says that, hey, their long race pace is still at least a half a second to the good of everybody else. Die.
3: question mark are we supposed to have happy with this or not uh meh <clears throat> guys um I, I'm really surprised that um McLaren Renault aren't going to that they, they weren't up there you know after their, their incredible chassis got that Renault engine best meh. aero and chassis on, on the grid
2: yes all they needed was a marginally more powerful and marginally less unreliable engine to get them up to the top oh Oh, um I'm just reading over my notes. McLaren did <coughs> which amount of laps? Oh, the least amount Okay, um but that's I mean they were still okay. Um Fernando Alonso had a quick lap and the second week of testing that was good enough for third overall, but nobody is fooled. Uh, because reliability is still an issue after it seemed like every day during the second week of testing a McLaren-Renault had some sort of mechanical failure.
3: Guys, Autosport told us this was is, this is their year. Fernando Alonso, third world championship, finally.
1: They lied this to is, us. Yeah, and this even Eric why... Boullier is downplaying the um, struggles McLaren are having, which totally aren't comparable to my school grades.
4: <laughs> oh my god I, I don't even know what to make of the situation all I'm just hoping for is like I'm pretty sure season 2 of Grand Prix Driver is not going to involve McLaren, it's just going to involve Fernando Alonso not racing in any Grand Prix and driving, down, or driving around a Toyota prototype
2: yeah, <laughs> um, this from F1 TV correspondent Will Butston um, summed up in 280 characters McLaren wretched testing. Whether small issues creating big delays or big issues hidden as small as you can't get back lost time. And when the car was running, the pit stops were a shambles. Headline: Quick laps on hypersofts, moving nobody. Boullier was short and clipped in interviews. He's worried. Dude, I'd be worried too. Because you're probably <laughs> gonna be fired. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you've you've changed the engine. Um. You've changed your supporting driver. The only thing that's left to change are the team manager. And if he decides to get bored with this for good, your lead
1: driver as well. Enter Lando the Mando.
2: Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, testing overall in the speed trap, McLaren's Fernando Alonso, 324.3. Where were Toro Rosso in comparison with the same Honda engine that was dragging McLaren down for the last three years? Pierre Gasly, 333.3! Nine clicks faster. Oh, that VTech. That VTech. <laughs> and I could have told you this coming from a mile away. McLaren's not the only team that we're having um, issues during testing. Sauber, of course, yes, they're Sauber. They're Sauber. They're a team that has, um, they're running on a shoestring budget compared to everybody else. They were struggling pretty badly. So, too, were William. From Butson again, the car is reportedly an absolute dog to drive. It looks horrible on track, heavy, lazy, and unresponsive. Boy, that's such a mood. It can't turn the tires on. The drivers look brow beaten. It's going to be a very hard season. Kubica, however, breath of fresh air, insight, and experience could be key. By the way, Sergey Sorotkin, um, did lap the fastest of any one of the Williams drivers mm-hmm. um, still it's not as quick as Charles Leclerc and Sauber oh but let's uh, let's pour through these numbers there were a lot of numbers here to, here to do um, Mercedes of course hit a thousand laps Ferrari second most with 929 Toro Rosso did 822 laps good enough for third on the board Pierre Gasly and Brendan Hartley were solidly middle of the table throughout testing. And the Honda engine just by themselves uh, did about 4,000 kilometers. We were starting to see this engine come good. Um, I think McLaren are, again, going to regret that that relationship got as bad as it did.
4: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this this relationship
2: could get any worse than it is now. Should we talk about how Ferrari are apparently going to lose their footing on third place? On second place. They may slip down to third because despite those laps that Vettel and Raikkonen did to lead testing, um, they still look like on their long runs like they're even slower than Red Bull.
3: Good. Uh, that, that, that's that's really nice to hear. Well, 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 done, Ferrari. It's gonna be such such a good season. And Mercedes won't even run their engines at, at, at Haywick at all. Good, good. That that that's oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> why did I have to say Vettel was gonna win the championship on Twitter for testing? Why, why? <laughs> Danny,
2: do you need a rope?
3: <laughs> oh, oh, I already have one loose. Zoe, it's, it's it's ready to go for Australia.
2: If there was one, another surprise out of testing, Haas looked to be in very, very good shape. No, they didn't put in a whole lot of miles, but every bit of feedback from from the drivers, they say that the chassis is good, uh, the tire corrective lap times, according to say, put them less than half a second off the Ferraris, and if that plays out to be true, Haas could get some podium finishes, and we know that they're good to start the season um, my concern is whether or not they're going to be able to sustain that for the whole season because one thing I've known through their first two years is that Haas will get out of the gate strong and then taper off towards the end of the season, particularly as the breaks start to go out on Romain Grosjean's side of the garage. Do you think we have a new king of the best of the rest? A new king of the midfield, if we will. I
3: hope so. I really hope so. Yeah. It's just cool to have an American team finally do well. Like, really well. I hope for Gene's sake. Hopefully it'll help. (laughs) Maybe they can do all the promotional work that um, ESPN aren't going to do for F1. Oh
2: no, but we did have an ESPN F1 commercial during the IndyCar broadcast. It it lasted all of 15 seconds, but it was there. Um, King, are you excited about Renault? They they look like they were about fourth best.
4: Yeah, I I really think that Renault are going to prove to be... The best of the rest, because it, it's more of, I feel like Renault is going to be the best of the rest because I see no other serious contenders to that title.
2: Oh goodness, yes, and even Sebastian Vettel is saying, please do not read too much into our our lap times at Ferrari.
1: Even he's do off know? the narcotic.
2: Uh, for more, for more on this, you can check out next week's Motorsport 101, our Formula One season preview, which will have Andre Harrison back, and we'll talk, we'll tell you all the reasons why Mercedes are definitely going to win the 2018 Formula One World Championship in a landslide. So, guys, guys, I, I have two big pieces of news from
4: our favorite electric championship, Formula Ooh, a. yes. Tell us more. Yes. Well, for despite not being on the calendar this year, due to the historic Monaco Grand Prix, next year, Formula E will race on the full-length Monaco Grand Prix circuit.
1: Nice!
2: And that's going up the hills and down them as well. Oh my god, the replies. The replies to all the stories
4: about, to to all the the posts about the story, saying that, do they have the power to go up the hills? I'm like, yeah, a guy on a bicycle has enough power to go up a hill. <laughs> and I'm like...
0: Are you sure, though?
4: Yes, I'm 100% certain that these cars... Oh,
3: yeah, but uh, like, they're in a milk flute, isn't it? <laughs> like, uh, four kilowatts of power? Never make it up.
2: Yeah, so... I mean, these cars these cars only have instant torque. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: It's not like they have no torque. Um, what is our other Formula E news that we have that to share?
4: The that uh, with the FIA World Motorsport Council meeting uh, last week, they had to approve all the things for the upcoming Formula E season that they could possibly implement. One of the things that they will have is that during the race, that they've asked that the cars have two different power modes available to use during the race, where. They stated that there will be uh, a regular level of power and a high level of power. Don't know how this could be implemented during the race, but it's seen as being an option to the fact that there won't be any car swaps that next year. That there won't be any car swaps, that there won't be uh, any pit stops for tires because Michelin is against that idea.
2: I have a feeling that they're going to use high power mode, much like push to pass, that there's only going to be a certain amount you can use during the race. Because it's basically going to be that. Otherwise, you know, what's the point of having the low power mode if you don't really set the regulations like how much you can use of either one at any time? Yes. And, yeah, they they stated that the the gap
4: in performance between the uh, regular power and high power will be about
2: a second a lap. these cars are going to just haul they're going to do 170 in old money yeah
1: imagine and. what Buemi, de grassi and napter are going to do with that and the fan boost
4: also there's we don't know if fan boost will be around next year
3: oh oh no oh i'm going to miss oh, so, so much sad. how I- can we contribute to the sport as fans now I have a feeling oh no. fa- I have
4: a feeling fanboost will be around next year, but nothing has confirmed or denied that.
2: It was, it was a very funny thing, you know, when we when FanBoost was first launched and I believe the, the, the all the hub up was like, Oh no, this is counter this is counter to motorsport. It's effectively going to make fans determine who wins the race. And now we're just tired of it because it's like, dude, it's the same two or three <laughs> people that win it every week. Yeah, and it's pretty much like
4: a push to one pass.
2: <laughs>
4: and also, little tidbit of news that's kind of a side story to the, the two Ooh. power boost thing. Next year, there will no longer be a point for fastest laps. Um, so,
2: so no... So no 2016 London E-Pri Memorial fastest lap points. Though oh, there that
0: was l- so entertaining to watch. Though there will
2: be a bonus point. There'll still be a bonus point next year for,
4: quote, uh, quote, the most efficient driver.
1: What? <laughs> right,
3: right, so if you get knocked out, like, <clears throat> turn one, lap one, and you've used, like, a percent of your energy, does that mean you get that point?
4: Uh, no, I believe, you win. I do believe it's the, the same, uh, the same amount of distance completed that you need to have finished to be, you know, classified as a finisher.
2: So you have to do about 90% of race distance. Oh, no, damn it. they, they should just let me galaxy my brain all the way to 11 points in the world championship. Though, Just by starting and parking. They, they <laughs> start and park strategy.
4: <laughs> they, they the zero ha- ear strategy, hell they, yeah. They haven't officially released what most efficient will be defined as, but, quote, it will be a new energy management parameter. Uh, so we gotta wait and hmm.
2: see. Um... Big news in the in the work to consolidate the ladder to Formula One, they've done it! It's official, y'all. Uh, also, the, the World Motorsport
4: Council has officially granted promotion of the new international Formula Three to Formula One management, meaning that the long-rumored merger between GP3 and European Formula Three will happen next year, and the new International Formula 3 will be a support series like Formula 2 to Formula 1. And I'm pretty sure they have, they're have they going to run 9 or 10 rounds next year.
2: Yes, and how terrible it is that FIA's overreaching bureaucracy has given Formula 1 a consolidated ladder to the top level of the sport. You know, just like IndyCar has. And MotoGP has. And NASCAR uh... has to some extent. How dare they? <laughs> how dare? How
4: dare they? How dare they effectively manage this
2: sport?
3: <laughs> Hashtag liberty out, y'all. Hashtag liberty out.
2: Hashtag more like tyranny. Media, am I right, folks? <laughs> Thank you. Unlike unlike some other unlike some other phrases, you I actually will charge royalties for that.
4: Though I, I see the big gripe that people have with the the new formula 3 because the basically the new formula 3 is going to be a spec series for the first time formula 3 will be a spec series even though it's it basically is a spec series right now in europe you need to
2: run a delara if you want to win right i was actually i was actually talking with a driver who raced in formula 3 about a decade ago and even back then it was still mostly delaras you don't want to be with like some off brand chassis like a like, for instance, like a dome. Yeah. <laughs> um, are we sure yet if it's going to be, like, just an evolution of what we know as Formula 3 now, or is this just going to be GP3 with a different name? Uh, is that just going to no, entirely? No, no, entirely? It
4: will be a Formula 3, uh, regu- like, rule set. They do run, you know, two-liter engines and everything. Basically, GP3 will cease to exist, and those teams will either... Choose to leave or join Formula Three.
1: I'm hoping it's or the latter because that means that we'll get mid 2010s Formula Three racing again.
4: But it's oh, my it's also expected that uh, it's still the same it's still the same format. So you know there'll be three races each round. Uh, right now they're not sure about the limit. It's it's gonna be three cars per team, though. We won't get, like, the five-car armada that Carlin's rolling up to in this year's, you know, European Formula 3 season.
2: (laughs) Or the six cars of Andretti Autosport at the Indianapolis 500. So we're either going to see 27 or 30 cars next year. You know what this means, though, with uh, with Formula 3 now being on the F1 support ticket? That now means the PAL Grand Prix is going to have to find a new series to center itself around. Ooh,
4: my gut feeling is that uh, it'll probably be French Formula 4, which this year for the first time is an FIA Formula 4 championship. <laughs>
2: nice. I also wonder what it, what effect this is going to have on some of the other Formula 3-based championships Your Euro Formula opens, your All Japan F3s, which, still in good health. What is expected to
4: happen is that all the other Formula 3 championships will be, uh, basically, Formula 3B. It'll be a feeder series for this international Formula 3. Because, apparently, the FIA want to set up a European replacement to the defunct European, well, set to be defunct European
2: championship. Which would make sense yeah. because, which effectively you're making Formula 3 and a half now. Yes. So basically what they
4: wanted to do is try to set up a merger between the less, you know, the the less prestigious European, like, yes, less prestigious national Formula 3 championships that still exist in
2: Europe. Or what used to be the British Formula 4 Championship now operating as BRDC Formula 3. Yes. And it's...
4: Like, no news has been made about the progress in those negotiations, but hopefully, hopefully they get something sorted together because there, there's already, you know, a Formula 3 Asian Championship, there's Formula 3 in Australia, obviously we already mentioned Formula 3 in Japan, that pretty much formula 3 is a lot stronger than it was a couple years ago
2: and this despite having less runners in it um can we also talk about uh, the fact that um surprise we had a non-lando norris leader of the final day of formula 2 testing it was george russell the other top of the line can't miss british prospect
4: and they're like oh there's no british racing talent We're like whoa <laughs> what are you talking about
2: fam there's just there's just no top of the line british racing drivers where would we find them yeah, we, did, we... You not
0: see, did you not see motorsport do that article it was kind of a lewis hamilton's contract ends this year what will he do
3: i wonder
2: what what would lewis hamilton do does he become um music mogul um overly generous and charitable humanitarian working around the world um nascar driver question mark exclamation park richard petty's got the number 44 available i'm just saying lewis and bubba Dream team
4: (laughs) i think he's gonna do all the things all the things (laughs) Um, is he going to buy a football club? Nah, that doesn't seem like a style.
3: Is he going to buy a pro wrestling promotion?
4: <laughs> He's oh. going to buy A,
3: y'all. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to buy TNA. <laughs> oh, God. You,
2: you thought Dixieland was
3: fantastic.
2: <laughs>
1: Instead of
2: four sides, it's now a 44-sided ring. After all, Lewis Hamilton is a noted professional wrestler. So too is Townsend Bell. And so too is Hermie Sadler, NASCAR journeyman of note. Oh,
0: Are you forgetting the
2: Canadian Paul Tracy? Forget- <laughs> oh yes, you're right. the The Blue Demon, yeah. the Blue Demon himself.
4: I, I can just see it now. It's not about fuel flow limits. It's about no limits. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ.
3: oh no! Oh no! <laughs>
2: Uh, I'm ready for I'm ready for for 44 live.
4: <laughs> oh dear! Any other news from any other series? <laughs> oh my um, goodness!
0: Apparently, there's a pilot that is getting organized, which is going to be following the wives and partners, also the NASCAR drivers.
2: Um, speaking of which, um, would anybody who watched The Bachelor would like would anybody like to fill me in? Um, what happened? <laughs> and... Right.
3: Um. I have a, a very basic understanding of this. Basically, uh, Jr., Jr., uh, the greatest indie care driver in in the world, as we know. Um. I think he proposed to somebody. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, that, that, that's. Then he changed. <laughs> he proposed to her and everything, and then like later on, he changed his mind and he's like, "Right, I have to go and tell her now. I'm going to go with somebody else."
4: Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh. The require like that is the weird catch-all thing about the Bachelor. Uh, whoever wins the Bachelor, like you need to get married. You like there needs to be a proposal at the end, no matter what the ending
3: is. <laughs> so, so, basically, he did he propose to the first girl? Yeah, he proposed like, to I, the first girl, and then changed
4: his yeah, he changed his, his mind. mind. <sighs>
3: changed
0: his mind. Um, what? A,
3: what a committed man and he is to get married. And
0: then in the whatever that the girls sort of get to talk back to him, one of the girls who became really good friends with the one that he proposed to and then broke off the engagement to, went through him. <laughs> yeah. and, and then he proposed to the other girl. And they've done talk show. They've, they've done Good Morning America. And he took her round St. Pete and the two-seater. And Jennifer I was rather annoyed that she didn't get to ask him why he she was blocked by him.
2: <laughs> um, and my question is, um, what's going to happen at the Stadium Super Trucks race? I don't because know. you know Ari's gonna be there. And you know probably somebody else in that grid watched The Bachelor and was is gonna be so raged by what happened that they're just gonna try and put Ari Jr. in the tires the first chance they get.
0: I mean, when he done the Bachelorette, he got an absolute slagging. Like, his two-seater they actually put um, um, uh, Rosie's stickers on it. And <laughs> then had Mario even what a rose?
1: I think I know who <laughs> it's Hashtag gonna goals. be. I think I know who it's gonna be. It's gonna oh, be hit me with the it. one, the only Robbie Gobby Rordan Gordon. Rorden
4: Gordon. And also, I should note. Uh, I'm trying. I looked up how long the marriages from The Bachelor have lasted, and. Only five out of, I'd say... Yeah, out of five out of the now 20... Oh, 30-plus. Oh, God.
3: (laughs) Good, (laughs) good. Are,
4: are like, still ongoing. Pretty much all... And they were
3: just one proposal. That was with one proposal. (laughs) Um, Never made two.
2: Yes, Much much like the NCAA men's basketball tournament... Uh, the Bachelor on ABC. It is a loser machine.
4: Yes, it is a loser <laughs> machine. Have Forcing people into into being contractually obligated to get married. Those marriages are not going to last long.
0: And should we point and, out that there was one girl who took part in this season and lied to her mother about what she was doing?
4: Oh, it's a it's very point, common thing. Like, people go on The, the Bachelor... That- Like, people go on The Bachelor and Bachelorette in relationships just because they know they're going to get famous. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, she went on the show, told her mother, actually, I'm off to work on a cannabis farm. (laughs) 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 The 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 mother got concerned and phoned the police and had her declared missing. And basically, the, the production had to say to her, Listen, if we need you phone your mum, you'd be declared missing. <laughs> Cause the girl decides it was less embarrassing to say, or less shameful or whatever, <laughs> to say I'm off to work at a marijuana farm than it was to say, I'm off to go on a reality T V show.
2: Um what else did we have at Saint Petersburg apart from reality show conflict and actual conflict out track? We had Road to Indy um renas van kalmthout or as he's known uh, in the states renas vk uh, because you know these dutch surnames are so hard to pronounce that's why americans know of that great uh dutch striker rude venus <laughs> or, or uh that great uh former catering and sauber driver who occasionally makes the occasional banter on twitter guido van digi <laughs> Um, Renus VK won both the Pro Mazda races. Kyle Kirkwood and Alex Barron uh, split the winnings in USF 2000. By the way, I should point out this is not the Alex Barron who raced in IndyCar and Kart in the late 90s and early 2000s. This is a different Alex Barron who is French and actually raced in Indy Lights all the way back in 2012.
1: Something I should mention about the Pro Mazda race I was watching the second race online and Um, They had a really weird start, like the start of the race, uh, they had the flagger wave the flag at the start and he waved it really early, so much so that it caught a lot of the front guys off guard and there was one guy who went from like P8 all the way to P1, like right at the first corner and then after that they red flagged the race for like 10 minutes because of the start procedure.
2: Oh, that's mega. And from what I understand, not as many pro Mazda engines blowing up like something-something sacks of potatoes. <laughs> which gets us to Indy Lights. Patricio Ward taking his first win in the first race, and looking good to, f- to win the second race until he went off at turn four, I believe, and Santi Rutia went on to take the victory. It was still a Latin American beatdown at Indy Lights, which only had Nine cars for the weekend, and then only eight for the first race when Eric T was bended and qualifying. And then had to borrow a car from Carlin. Yeah. Uh, It's good quality over quantity, but at the same time, we're back in single digits, fam. That's not good. Like, Lights, we want you to do well. Your cars are great. Like... Your cars are beautiful. Your drivers are very good. We need more of you out there. Hell, we'll even take Alfonso Chalice. Anyone get
0: Frankie Munoz in here?
2: <laughs> That's Atlantic Series champion Frankie Munoz. He <laughs> was not Atlantic Series champion, but he is the champion of he was the champion of uh, Sunday Night Sitcom Television mm-hmm. in his years in Malcolm the Middle.
0: Can I also say at one point? Um, eddie irvine and david coulthard had a tv a reality tv show where they taught a bunch of celebs how to drive, like race one of the one of the said celebs was frankie munoz
2: <laughs> um what else is what's happening this weekend what we got um oh we had a we had world rally championship uh, surprise oj won he also won the power stage but didn't get to keep his points And, uh, spoiler, Sebastian Loeb's still pretty good at this thing. Oh, my God. He is ageless. (laughs)
0: Where's the Uh, painting?
2: Yes. Um, we have MotoGP starting up this week, so be sure to tune in to Bike Live on the Motorsport 101 Network. And if you pledge $5 a month on Patreon, you can get early access to every episode of both shows. Um and Formula got...
0: might get his first wet race. <laughs> and
2: he puts oh up God, Spanner
0: you're... in my plans for Glasgow E <laughs> Well the because main Punta... selling point is that Scotland and Scotland rains.
2: Yes, but Punta del Este is Punta del Beste. That's this weekend. Moto GP's this weekend from Cutter. Uh, i sorry, future World Cup destination cutter. Whoa, whoa, and of course F- future the... Formula E destination cutter. <laughs> oh, okay, that's right. And we have the 12 hours of Sebring and IMSA. Ooh, IMSA's should, back, y'all.
0: Should we we mention the comment that Lewis Hamilton came out with in regards to Barcelona being repaved? Oh, yes, please do. He, he was not happy with it and complained... But...
2: Basically that the character, of the track that they're battling with the motorcycle riders, which yeah, it was it wasn't the most tasteful comment, especially coming off the back of Louis Salom's accident, I get it. But but at the same time people complain about track resurfacing all the time. Yeah.
4: That's like the most North American comment he has ever made. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who said Lewis Hamilton was not America's greatest form of
4: driver? It, it does make you think like, this This is probably a bike live topic, but, like, MotoGP wants to have a street race, like?
1: <laughs> oh dear god, no.
0: Yeah, it's...
1: Like, doesn't everyone it's... remember it's... the Macau, Macau Grand Prix?
0: The TT.
2: <laughs> yes, but they, they do race road bikes, but also Macau is... It's... it makes Isle of Man look like a race that is held in bumper cars.
4: Yeah, like, oh, I don't want to go down how dangerous the Macau Grand Prix motorcycle race is. Like, it is expected that someone will lose their life. Mm-hmm.
3: Which is, you know, MotoGP on a street circuit, no matter how big it is, that does not sound like it's um, going to go well. Because no, just... I... <laughs> the bikes are that much faster. Um, oh, dear God, no. It's
4: like...
0: You you hear all the stuff of like the Isle of Man TT, and I've forgotten the you other know, the one that's in Ireland. Um, oh, the,
4: a, um Northwest 200. the Northwest Two
3: Hundred.
0: Yeah, and it's all the crashes you see in that one, and those bikes aren't as fast as the MotoGP ones or as powerful. So it's a wee bit. Mm. I
2: don't know. Yeah. I think, I think I think it was a very. Poorly thought out comment. I mean, it's not the first time that we've had this debate of motorcycles versus Formula One and who who di- who gets direction of the track. Because keep in mind, we had the huge fuss over the re- over the runoff of Parabolica being repaved over for bikes. That was uh, that was that was not too. That was very recent. Remember how everyone was terrified that
4: Monza was going to get like changed completely because of the super bikes and how that like.
2: Didn't happen. Oh my goodness, it's like they turned Monza into a thir- three eighths mile short track now. They turned Monza into a football stadium. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> they turned Monza they turned Monza into a drawing of pop team epics characters. Oh goodness. This show is already on fire and ablaze. It started off that way. Um, do we have any other breaking stories? We have we have a big show coming up this weekend. Our Formula One season preview. We have two shows on the Motorsport one oh one network. We have a Dre Brief probably coming um, sometime earlier this week, which you may have already seen by the time you listen to this. Sorry, Dre. Yeah.
0: One thing I forgot to mention during our IndyCar segment is, I love the new camera angles.
2: Oh my goodness. How did we forget about the new camera angles? Dog, that nose cam is fire. Nose cam more is more visor cam. Yep. They're like, hey,
4: I heard you like all these new experimental camera angles, so we're going to give you even more experimental camera even angles.
2: We're actually going to use them during the broadcast now. That's awesome so would formula one embrace all that technology in a timely manner well it makes all the sense in the world so no <laughs> so...
3: i mean
0: i i will bring it up again their 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 camera on the top which can only really look straight ahead or straight back it can't follow the other car it's like i did also see a lot of like when it was brought up by will buxton and a couple of other people um, the sort of, the, the F1 ones complaining about it, how it was motion sickness and all that it's like, do you not remember the, the jaunty camera you you used to all gush about on Senna's car when you saw him do that laugh of Monaco
4: it's basically that. No, nah, no, nah, it was the 80s technology wasn't advanced back then we have higher standards now ugh <laughs> huh.
2: I think on that bombshell, I think it's time to end it. Yeah. Um, Charles, Danny, Zoe, thank you all so much. I'm so sorry I got everything about your names, your place of origin wrong.
1: <laughs> I'll try to do better next time. It won't get better. Um, you, uh, you can take solace in the fact that uh, the only American i'm really mad at this weekend is the driver of the number 27 andretti car not you <laughs>
2: um but antonio felix d'acosta didn't race this
1: weekend hmm the uh, wait wait for punta del este and uh, come back to me right <laughs>
2: um danny what you got going on um what you got going on you you are writing now
3: yeah i write for the fine people over at read motorsport at reapmotorsport.com. we cover literally everything bikes sports cars open wheel you can read all about it there reapmotorsport.com.
2: danny's stuff is terrific zoe what do you have going on well
0: i'll soon hopefully have a do my first social review of the IndyCar season up on Motorsport 101 by the end of
3: the week?
2: Yes, go ahead and read it. If you've not done so already, it should be up already. Go ahead and read it <laughs> if you've not done so. If you're if, if you're listening to this from the future, go ahead and read it again. If not... We don't know how time works. <laughs> if not,
0: on my personal site weezoe.wordpress.com There will there is the drinking game. So if you wish to use it to watch, pre- re-watch the <laughs> Saint Feet. Give me some feedback. See what we need to add. And
3: yeah, I, I forgot to <laughs> <laughs> forgot to plug my own blog. It's um Daniel Brennan Racing. Uh, where you can read all the shit they won't publish on remotesport.com. <laughs> It's wonderful. Um, I will have an Wait. interview
2: published on uh, DailySportsCar.com interviewing Super GT driver Hideto Yasuoka as he returns the series in 2018, which is something I've got to get ready for because Super GT testing starts this weekend. And oh my God, I am so ill-prepared for everything and I am always fatigued. What the fuck just happened on episode 126 of Motorsport 101? Good um thanks. Good good things. <laughs> Again, our website, motorsport101.net. You can follow us on YouTube and on Facebook at backslash motorsport one oh one. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore one oh one. Our personal Twitters at Danny Brandon72, at C Regimal Racing, at We Zoe, at Ryan Eric King, at RJ O'Connell, at Harrison101 HD. And if you love us enough to back us with your money, patreon.com forward slash motorsport one oh one. From a way too packed booth featuring Charles Regible. Hey. Danny Brennan. Zoe Hamilton. Ryan King. And myself, RJ O'Connell. Um, thank you very much for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode.
3: Bye, y'all. Bye. 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 Hey, y'all. Like not you are the
1: world champion
4: <laughs> you know what the end of that ABC broadcast needed? What, what? a video montage set to one <laughs> shining moment <laughs> <laughs>
1: Gene Simmons, (laughs) where are you at?